Friends, let me begin today with a question. What are the top 10 Bible stories or verses that have most profoundly shaped who you are today? How you see God, how you live, how you view others. What's on your top 10 list? One story that's on my list is the one about the prodigal son in Luke 15, where we meet a loving God who patiently waits for us to finally come home and then runs out to meet us. You know, I can't imagine my faith or my understanding of God without that story. One more question. Has your top 10 list in the Bible changed at all over the years? Have some passages perhaps fallen off your list and others become more central than ever before? In my own life, there is one scripture that would not have been on my top 10 list a couple decades ago, but is most definitely today. It is found on the very first page of the Bible, in verse 27. Every human being, every woman and man, has been created in the precious image and likeness of God. God has placed that of God in every single human being. That means that all 7.8 billion of us bear God's image. There is not one of us, not one of us, who does not. Just think about that. And imagine how very different American history would be if we had taken that truth to heart. But instead, we've had 400 years of failing to see the precious image of God, especially in our neighbors of color. And this has led to 400 years of slavery, Jim Crow lynchings, and racist dehumanization. And recently, COVID-19 has exposed, has revealed how much inequality still remains from health to wealth. During the street protests here in Lancaster, I often found myself noticing the signs, paying attention to the signs that folks have been carrying. Black Lives Matter. I can't breathe. Enough is enough. Am I next? And just this past Thursday, I saw a clever one that kind of put passing motorists right on the spot. Honk if you are not racist. In an article about protests in other cities beyond Lancaster, I recently saw a photo held up by a person of color that 
read, we are sacred. We are sacred. And I realized that nothing undergirds my own commitment to uprooting the toxic sin of racism in my own heart and in the systems of our nation more than what that sign is trying to get at. Because we are all made in the precious image of God, we are all sacred. We are all sacred. You know, the implications of every human being made in the precious, being made in the precious image of God are limitless and they, they could fill a whole book. <laughs> I won't try to mention all the implications, but let me just focus on two of them here today. The first is that because every human being bears the image of God, no human being ever needs to earn or prove their worth. Every human being holds intrinsic worth and dignity. Period. We are all sacred. Not because we belong to a particular race or a particular faith tradition or even because we have been baptized. We are all sacred, it's been said, because we have been born. The image of God, mysteriously, is the very essence of our being. It is the core of the human soul. Most deeply, it is who we are. And our high calling is to search and to seek out God's image, that of God in everyone we meet. Sin may have obscured or hidden that image in me or in you, but still we look for it in everyone we meet because that image of God, that of God can never be erased from any human being. In Genesis 33, we see this embodied so beautifully by Jacob, who after he meets his long estranged brother and experiences his lavishly gracious welcome, is able to say to his brother, to see your face is to see the face of God. Is to see the face of God. A second implications, implication comes from the final part of verse 27. Male and female, God created them. This means that women and men 
are both needed to fully image God to our world. I also take this to mean that every race is needed as well. Every sexual orientation, every tribe, and every culture. And in the church, I take this to mean that if only one race and only one gender is always doing all the imaging of God, then we are only going to be able to image God to the world in ways that are partial, incomplete, or even unfaithful. It is as we embrace the full diversity of the human family, a diversity that is God's own creation, God's own wonderful idea, that the full beauty of God's own image can be seen and experienced by all. The Christian contemplative James Finley says that when we fail to see God's image in some part of the human family, we not only injure others, we injure ourselves. We cut ourselves off from the fullness of who God is. We cut ourselves off from the fullness of God's kingdom. Let me wrap this up. Friends, the Bible from the very first page tells us the story of a God who is creator, redeemer, and sustainer whose love and relationality cannot be contained, but spills over into creation, endowing each human being with God's own precious image and inviting us, us, us to participate in God's fabulously diverse life of love. And then Jesus comes to show us like no other, what it means to image God. He comes to uncover and to restore God's image in everyone he meets. He comes to awaken us from our sad illusion of separation from each other and from God. And as he says today in our reading from Matthew 10, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Friends, every person you and I meet this coming week will be sacred. Every neighbor, every family member, 
every client, every single one of them will be sacred. May God give us the eyes to see and to reverence this astonishing reality. Amen.